Hello, everybody. Live from Koreatown on a wonderfully calm, gloomy California day. Got a little May Gray a little early. It is the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller. Terry, how you feeling? Um... Are you on Ozone? Are you I so am. fly? You in the Ozone? Could you like that? I love our theme song. Yeah. Anyways, how are you? I'm great, dude. How are you? Right on, bro. What's, right on. What space I've are been you in? busy. I've been in a busy space. Okay. Just for everybody listening who's excited, who can just stop asking me every 10 minutes. We're reshooting uh, another season of Ballers. We're shooting season five. We just started. Going to come out to you guys probably late this summer. So hold your horses. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> you get some more to rock. Minus Mr. Red. Uh, but we got a lot to cover today, as usual. And, um, wow, first we want to cover the weekend. There's a lot of stuff that happened over the weekend. Had fights, had action, we got the draft. Uh, you know, I'm a little, I have to say, I'm a little disconcerted about the draft because the Raiders have employed John Gruden to run everything, and I just personally don't think it's the best case scenario. Well, he did his thing. He ran it into the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, he ran it. He ran it. The Raiders! It's tough leaving the nation. I hope you guys show me love when I'm on the outside. Don't jump me like you do everyone else at the Coliseum. (laughs) Why Uh, they can't? We got a lot of Major League Baseball aces struggling. A lot of stuff going down in the league. But, you know, I want to start off with a quick tribute. I got to spend a little bit of time with a a film icon uh, who passed away just yesterday. Talking about Mr. John Singleton, I got to hang out with him a few times. John's a good guy. We hung out in Miami mostly uh, when we did see each other. And, uh, you know, you see all of these touching tributes that people give now, and it's just a a testament to the kind of person he was, but it's also an inspiration to get out and live your life because you see this guy, man, he opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. And a lot of people, like maybe the the most surprising one to me was Shonda Rhimes, the, the mega writer, mega producer, who said that she received a uh, a word of encouragement from him on a random phone call when she was uh, just getting out of college and trying to figure out how to pay her bills, and he just gave her some encouragement. That kind of stuff is a big deal, man. It's good, right. and it puts her in a position to then in turn keep going to be encouraged and turn and into what she forward. turned into and to pay it forward. You know, I think what's cool about it is I talk about it all the time to you is just that when you pass away like that, when people pass away that – most of the people have positive things to say about you. I haven't heard any negative things. It's, it's cool know. when that happens, yeah, and it doesn't happen as often as you would like it to. And he's somebody who I haven't heard any bad things about John, any bad stories. And I just uh, condolences out to the family. And uh, back to the world of sports, especially Southern California sports, which John was a big fan of. So, ladies and gentlemen, the boxing portion of the podcast uh, didn't cover last week the big rematch with at Superfly with our affectionately known Sorcerer Re Thor Rigzunzai, as we call him, the Thai homie. The Thai homie made his, his he, he came back. Made it, <laughs> ran into a little trouble. He came back into the fold. He'd been having some marital problems. His girl scrambled his eggs. And any athletes out there understand, if you hear something about an athlete with girl problems, chances are this is the time to bet against them. Even if they come back, because it's very difficult to to have your mind together when things aren't right at home with your woman. And things weren't right at home with uh, the Thai homies woman. Seemed like it went the wrong way. He took some time off after a series of devastating and totally dominating bouts where he dominated Chocolatito twice. And then he gave it who to Estrada, who was unstoppable. It was the pound for pound. He was the pound for pound champion. I think Chocolatito was 49-0, something crazy like that. 50-0, something, yeah. something nuts. 
And uh, and he came back last night for a rematch of last year's bout in February at Superfly with Estrada. And you know what? Juan was ready for him. A little dominatrix going on. And that's what I then now now that's what I heard. I actually didn't get to see the fight. So you you tell me. I saw pieces of it. I didn't get to see the whole thing, but what it, what I did see was just that he was like a target target practice. It wasn't any movement. He changed his style, and he actually paid for it. And it, and you know what he said uh, afterwards? They asked him because he fought most of the fight orthodox, and he's mm-hmm. a southpaw, and that's part of his devastation. Right. And he said, "Yeah, we figured he'd prepare for the southpaw, so we turned it around and surprise him." <laughs> Surprise, surprise! And there was a lot of people upset about the officiating in that game. Yeah, because in that fight, because yeah. they were saying that yeah, it, it was a, it was a, right yeah, they were saying that it was not close whatsoever. He looked terrible. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it. If you're having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. Man, yeah, he looked terrible. I mean, he was just taking straight shots, jabs, you know, crosses, hooks, everything. He took the whole the whole belly whacker. Uh, I need to watch the fight. I I, I hate to hear you that. didn't miss anything. Wow. Uh, between that and our man. Friend of the Ozone, Regis Arugaru Progre, went and put in work this weekend in the semis of that uh, 140-pound tournament. And he got the guy out of there. The, the guy's corner threw in the towel. I do believe it was in the six. He could have knocked that guy out, and I believe that he carried him a little bit because that guy hit him after the bell, and he looked like he just wanted to punish him. Right. You know what, though? He should be in the conversation for pound for pound. Since that, this, is, this is what he asked. He yeah. said, am I on the pound for pound list now? He should be. I mean, what is he? What is he doing wrong? He's completely dominant at one forty, and he's fighting everybody that's in front of him. And he and fights every and, and champions. He took that yeah. guy's belt. Yeah, he took that guy's belt. So it's not like he's hand picking, no cherry picking. No, he's, he's actually, fighting everybody. He's fighting everybody. And they're saying Josh Taylor is next. As long as Josh Taylor wins his side of the semi, which was set up an interesting final. Yeah, he said that he wants him too because it seems like that everybody is calling for that fight. That's the fight they're calling for. And I actually, I don't know, I'm still with Regis. Yeah, me too. I think Regis is ready to get into the deep water of of name names. I think he's ready to get into the deep water with a Mikey Garcia at 140 or with a Terrence Crawford potentially if Terrence has any interest in making it like a catch weight or something like that, Mm -hmm. maybe 144. But he's a problem, man. But he's a guy that most of the guys are going to stay away from because he's he is a problem. He he fights. I don't want to say it's unorthodox, but he literally works. Well, he does off the jab and works the body, and you know, and that's De- sort of, devastating body shots. Yeah, and he's it's sort of a lost art with a lot. You know, I would say that maybe two or three percent of all fighters now fight his style of fight. Yeah, and it's effective. Super effective. Actually, he honestly fights a lot like the Thai homie did the last year. Yes. He fights a lot like how the Thai homie fought in 2018. Yes, where you can't really put a finger on what he's going to do to you. But it's effective. Body, body, head, 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 body, body, head, body, head, you know. Body, 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 body. Knock him out. <laughs> Upper God. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm very interested to see how that progresses, but we predicted at the beginning that he was going to win that tournament. I say the biggest problem with these tournament tournament formats is, is that they take so long. Right. And then it's kind of easy to forget guys that the guys beat early in the tournament. Because he has to wait, what, three weeks or three months for his, for the winner of the next of the Taylor the, fight? The next the Taylor fight is in three weeks. Yes. And then they have to have, you know, adequate time. time yeah, time off to the heal and then to prepare. So I would imagine we would see that fight in October maybe. Mm-hmm. September, October. But this tournament's been going on for a year. Right. This tournament, I remember. I've never been high with the the tournament. The tournament format. Yeah, I don't like it. Mm, Interesting. Um, Let the fighters fight, yeah. 
And this is fight week, ladies and gentlemen. It's fight week between Canelo Alvarez and Danny Jacobs, which is a long-anticipated middleweight fight. And they're doing everything they can to sell it as, well, this is going to be – the winner of this fight is the best middleweight in the world. Which leads me to talk about – we'll get into that in a second. But what it leads me to talk about who is the best middleweight in the world is uh, Gennady Golovkin, as far as I can see. I mean – um, he beat both of these guys that are fighting on this weekend, even right. though he never got credit for beating Canelo. And the big news is Abel Sanchez and Gennady Golovkin split. This was the big news last week. And wow. It's disappointing the way they split. You know? That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Talking about how Abel feels. Abel was Gennady's trainer for his whole career. And he came out sniping after when, when the announcement was made that they were splitting. And I'd like to hear from some of you guys out here because he he's having a, a gripe over money. And I'm very interested to see because I've talked to a few boxers. You know, boxing, they call it the loneliest sport on the planet. And ultimately, when you're the boxer, you're the person that is in there fighting. You're on an island. Yeah. And the trainer helps you put together a game plan. They help you prepare your body. But you have to execute. And you also have to make adjustments within the fight. Well, guess what? And you also have to answer the questions after the fight. Or, you know, because if you win, or lose, or draw, people come to them most of the time. They the boxer. Yeah, the boxer. They don't go to the trainer. They might go to the trainer for a, a soundbite or something like yeah. that. But for the most part, the fighter is the one who's got to answer the hard questions. And this is my point. And so so the way that it stands at, from from Abel's perspective is, is that he got lowballed and he feels disrespected because – Triple G signed a $100 million deal, and now his trainer compensation schedule didn't match that $100 million deal. Now, the question becomes, does a trainer deserve a larger portion? Now, I would love to know what the numbers are that he was looking for versus what he got. Right. uh, What he got offered. Because as a trainer, are you expecting to get 10 20% of somebody's dough? I guess he is, actually. uh, that's, That's a lot. It's a tall order. It's a tall order. And I feel like this is something, this idea is a fairly new one because of social media and because of the the 24-7 media element of boxing now with all of the blog sites, podcasts like ours and so on. Because prior to, I would say, this past generation, I'd say prior to 2000, the only managers, the only trainers, uh, rather, that the casual boxing fan ever knew was Angelo Dundee, right. Emmanuel Stewart, maybe Eddie Futch, and that's it. I, you, you can't really – guys, the, the, the general public knew more referees by name and face than they knew boxing right. trainers. Now you have the trainers have their own version of superstardom. Freddie Roach is, is linked with Manny Pacquiao. Right. You know, and yet – there was that period just recently when Manny Pacquiao skated from Freddie Roach after they went down to Australia, and he didn't like the results. And one thing that I'll say that seems to be similar between Manny and Freddie and Abel and Triple G is after that horn fight, Freddie Roach really didn't put up much of a protest as much as one would think he should about the decision of the fight. He seemed more leaning towards how he was going to talk to Manny about retirement. 
And I think because what he saw from Manning at that point, if you go back and watch the fight, is that he didn't open it up all the way. And now yeah. it's a problem for him. He wants a guy who's going to sell out and do everything that's get necessary. Get that guy out. Get yeah, that bum get out, out of there. there. Not carrying guys and not taking it to a decision when you don't have to. Because I honestly felt like he could have got Jeff Horn out of there. In the ninth round, they were going to stop the fight. The ref was going to stop it, let alone. And Manny's looking at the ref like he didn't want to hurt the guy. And if yeah. that's the case, you shouldn't be in the ring. Right. And then also, then we talk about Jeff, um, um, Triple G and Abel. You're talking about another situation with Canelo and Triple G getting in there, and then Abel actually after the fight wasn't. This is that's what I'm. This is what I'm saying. The similarities, yeah, lie, yeah. But I felt like the fights were in two different categories because Triple G literally won both of those fights. He didn't drop him. He dominated the fights, and everybody who who's really a boxing aficionado or a fan knows that there's maybe five percent of boxing fans out there that thinks that Canelo really won those fights. Five percent of boxing fans. I, I think it's a larger number than that. But Do you? I, yeah, I, yeah. That's, when I read comments and stuff like that, people realistically know that Triple G beat him. I don't. I see that's just a handful of Canelo fans that say that he lost that fight. I, I think there's more than a handful, but it's all good. Go make your point, though. But my point is that when when Abel came out afterwards, he he sort of conceded that uh, that's what it seemed like. Uh huh. And and but that wasn't warranted. You know, it was just like more so that Triple G didn't follow his game plan, so he got what he got. Yeah, and you know, and I wonder. I would love to be a fly on the wall to know if that had something to do with it. Uh huh. And um, but but to jump back into the story now with the world of super trainers, if you will, you got guys that people know. It's people know people super trainers. Super trainer. people people know Nacho. Mm-hmm. People know Abel. Mm-hmm. People know Freddie. Obviously, still Roach. People know Joe Goosen. People know Virgil Hunter. Derek. People know Derek. People know there's one more, Robert Garcia. Right. People know guys now, and they have weight. You know, they have much more weight, seems like, in the public. And I don't know if that weight translates into the gym and into financial terms. Now, the situation with Mikey and Robert, it's completely different. They're, mm-hmm. they're actual siblings, so, you know, mm-hmm. that brings a different element to the table. But I would love to know, because I've spoken to a couple boxers who were like, you know what? Abel didn't make Gennady, and the way that he, that he's talking is like he was the fighter, or like he made Gennady. And he's uh, and I've talked to a couple fighters, and who were like, yeah, but at the same time, on different different times, they're like, at the same time, he was with him the whole time. So I don't know what the ask was. That seems to be the big question. Like, what was the ask, or what was the offer that was so offensive? Right, I, and and you know, it might have been a thing where, as the zone threw a big number out at him at a triple G and then so he naturally just felt like he was going to be a big he was going to get a big chunk of that I, if this was what it sounds like yeah. and and we know Abel we know Abel uh-huh. we know Abel's son he's in really good people we're yeah. going to be uh, hopefully at some point we get to talk to him and figure out what's going down mm-hmm. um, and we know Gennady so we just got to it'll be interesting to see one who he goes with because if you look at what happened with Freddie Roach and Manny Pacquiao Freddie came back in the fold and swallowed his pride and came back in the fold under Boo Boy uh, he wasn't the, the main coach. Boo Boy was the main coach mm-hmm. when he just came back. And that's when Manny started to dominate again. But they have a relationship. It seems they like do. more of a relationship because I felt like that Triple G and Abel had a relationship more like a father-son relationship. But it doesn't – obviously it's not like that. But with Freddie and Manny, you can actually see a relationship. I felt like – That uh, has blossomed uh-huh. from the time the guy was 20 years old, 15 exactly. years old. Exactly. And I felt like Freddie was – with Manny, he felt like I didn't. Want, I don't want him to get hurt. On, yes, on my watch. Yes, he might get hurt. But I won't allow that. On my watch. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, and maybe maybe that, that's a good point. It's a really good point. 
Um, so yeah, that was that was the big news. And we also had a, a sleeper fight that Robert Easter Jr. fight. I don't know if you saw that. Robert, I didn't see. Oh, it. you didn't miss anything. Did he lose he again? To, no, they fought to a draw. Mm. Just it was a waste of time. Nobody. Robert Easter is a guy. No, who nobody hasn't wanted lived up to, to commit. Nobody, no, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and he runs around with the with the Lions. So who actually do live up to their potential? He right. runs around with the Charlos and and uh, and Earl Spence and guys who are like guys who are serious. Mm-hmm. So I wonder. I think Regis is part of that crew too. That Houston based team. Um yeah. And so that leads us to now, which is the fight of the weekend, which could be a fight of the year. You got Canelo Alvarez, you got Danny Jacobs. For people who don't know much about Danny Jacobs, you should go watch that forty days on the zone. Uh because it talks about how Danny Jacobs, they call him the Miracle Man because he had a rare cancer wrap around his spine and it caused him to not be able to walk. He was paralyzed. And this is while he was actually a champion fighter. And he, I think he had lost one fight and then found out that he had this devastating, debilitating thing Mm -hmm. and had to make his way all the way back. His life was in danger and he had to make his way all the way back to the ring, did that, recaptured his belt and uh, has since then only lost to Gennady Golovkin and actually... I may say he gave him the best fight out of anybody. Yeah, um, really competitive. Him, yeah, him. That last Gennady Canelo fight was a good fight, but I don't. Uh, I feel like Danny was way more. Even though Danny got knocked down, it was more competitive than than the Canelo. And fight. since Danny got knocked down early, it changed. That after that point, he was an animal. Right, man, he was vicious. It was just he dug a hole. He dug a hole already. The only downside with what we were speaking about earlier off air was that Danny, we don't know the wear and tear from that fight. He hasn't looked exactly the same since that fight. Yes. And he's fought guys who aren't of the same caliber as when you're talking about Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez, you're talking top tier. Yeah. These guys, this is this is the elite fighters. These are elite fighters. Yeah. And you can't you gotta come with your A game. Now, with that being said, Danny has everything you need to beat Canelo Alvarez. I completely agree because what you need is to be a better athlete. Than he is, and then he he can use that against him, like Floyd did. Floyd made him look like a little kid. Yeah, and that was even though you can talk about the age discrepancy and everything else, it really didn't come down to that. It came down to him just being skill, uh-huh, skill set, and superior athletic. That, that's part of his skill set. Yeah, it's superior he, athleticism. He just was all over the place. I mean, he made him swing and miss and everything else. And Danny has that, except that he's a, a little bit taller, he's like, well, a lot, a lot taller and bigger. He's bigger than Canelo. Now, there's a lot of catch situations in this fight you know as far as weight weigh-ins and things like that so he can't blow up too big and that's going to be a factor in my opinion yeah because because you could if danny if that the stipulation hadn't been placed in by oscar de la hoya uh he probably would come in at 185 yeah, one eighty, one eighty five. Yeah, one eighty, one eighty five. Maybe one ninety. And <laughs> and it would be very difficult for Canelo to hurt him at that weight. Right now they're talking about there's a ten pound limit, which we need to see how much if Danny is going to have any uh, strength loss from being sucked down, from getting down to that one sixty and only rehydrating to one seventy. Mm-hmm. It's a big difference because if you actually guys we know Danny and if you see Danny, he's actually not a small guy at all. You wouldn't think that. Say a normal walking around, I would say Danny, if he wasn't a fighter, would walk around at 180 easy. Yeah, 180, 185, easy. something like that. Yeah. Nice 185. Yeah, yeah, really solid 185. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Yeah, so so getting down there, this is, I don't know. This is going to be interesting to see. Now, the thing I like about Canelo is, is he's full of confidence. Canelo actually believes he won both of those fights against Triple G. Which is crazy. Which is lunacy. And he has the confidence of the belts. Yes. And he talks like somebody who has the confidence of the belts. He's talking slick with the belts now. He's talking slick, which is just mind-blowing to me because I just read something the other day where Canelo had the nerve to say, if Gennady gets a belt, maybe he'll fight him again. And Gennady came back with the best response and said, this is ridiculous. He goes, he, had, he brought nothing to the table when I fought him. And I, brought, I fought him with my belts on the line. Yes. Twice. And, and those were Gennady's belts. Yes. All of them. All of them. <laughs> and, and Everyone you can think of or make up. Uh, yeah. And, and, and now Canelo and Oscar De La Hoya are saying, that, I mean, I'm very surprised that it's not cool. And I don't know, maybe it's just hype to get under his skin for, you know. I don't think it's hype. I don't think, I think that actually in their camp they know because I feel like Abel Sanchez at this point probably is the wrong trainer for Gennady fighting against Canelo because yeah. we haven't seen anybody work in either one of these fights. Yes. So if you get with another trainer that's actually going to focus on that to break Canelo down, then you would talk about Canelo probably being stopped because the jab was way too much. And this is where I think that Danny comes in because Danny will pop that jab and has the distance that you make a guy like Canelo who's probably three or four inches shorter yeah. have to extend himself to come in and to get in now Danny has punch Danny's got power and Danny has confidence exactly just in the past couple fights Danny hasn't been sharp yes and you're gonna have to be sharp to beat Canelo well you have to be sharp not just because of at the the, the actual fight uh, but the actual refereeing and everything else that goes on well this is and this brings up another factor the the three refs that were chosen at quote random are the same three refs that that uh scored the judges rather the same three judges that scored the last bout between Canelo and Triple G and, you know, it is what it is. I, Oscar De La Hoya came out and said, I don't want to hear anything about Canelo in Vegas. Apparently, you couldn't fight me in Vegas, and I remember losing in Vegas several times. <laughs> and, he didn't lose that much. His and, record and, <laughs> he don't have that many losses on his record. And it is a very, this is, you know, this is, it is what it is. It is what it is. This is it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that, uh, and then when you add to that, you know, everybody's just totally and completely swept under the rug that Canelo tested dirty a couple times. Right. It's like it never happened. And I like Canelo. We yeah, and I, and I like he's the nice guy he's and everything. The nicest guy. He's a cool guy. What's but just Canelo? like when we just had Sean Porter here the other week, you don't do that by accident. Yeah. That's not by accident. I think everybody can say whatever they want to. He literally has tested dirty, and everybody acts like he hasn't. And Triple G literally could have called that fight off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He could have called that fight, out. especially after the first time he already got paid. Yeah. Come on, man. You have that. And then to 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 side note, to, to sidebar into that, maybe the most astonishing thing in the world, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. Anthony Joshua hasn't been able to find a fight to replace Big Baby because Big Baby tested positive not one, not two, not three, but four times. Now the punishment comes down, and it's a six-month ban. Which is nothing. Especially since... They can only it's it's the commission in New York can't give him another uh, license now. So basically, as long as he goes somewhere else and they give him a license to box, he's good. Six months, and you're talking about putting guys' lives in danger at the heavyweight. I think it's it's a thing where the they have the WBC or whoever he fights in, whatever group he fights in, has to police themselves and say, you know what, we. But this is all of boxing. This yeah. isn't just one. This is no, no. I'm just saying, whoever sanctioning IDF body. or what you know, whatever it is, they just have to blackball him in a sense. This is where it's warranted because he's literally not playing by the rules. And what's going to make him play by the rules if you never punish him for it? 
because taking six and months, others, and not just more so than just Big Baby. Everybody else who looks at it and says, "Oh, slap on the wrist, well, A Rod." Yeah. Like, this is A Rod. I got five hundred fifty million dollars, and I get to ruin Sunday night baseball every week, <laughs> right? And you can't watch it anymore. And now I can't watch Sunday night baseball. Miss a good game too with the Astros, right? Because this bum's got to play catch in the outfield with Tony Kemp. It's Unbelievable. Cute. <laughs> Unbelievable to me. The way the world works, man. You just Yeah, because you're never just crazy. So yeah, six months. They gave Big Baby a six month ban for Terrible. testing for not finding any blood in his blood. Which is just lunacy. Not finding any blood in his blood? No. All they found was juice in his blood. <laughs> they didn't find any blood. They didn't find one white blood cell. Um, all juice. <laughs> wow, what kind? Pineapple, <laughs> orange? No. A melange. It was always a one of those. Wow. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. This, the way that the world incentivizes cheating is just something I just can't get over it. That only the president can understand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. With his fast food buffet. <laughs> oh, man. Did you see that picture of the, the girls, the Baylor's girls team looking at him with the complete side eye? <laughs> it was a fantastic picture. Right? Fantastic. Uh, I okay. feel like Canelo, not to, to discount what he's all about, but he's more hype. He doesn't. He's, for me, he's not in my top five pound for pound. Okay, but I don't have Danny in my top five pound for pound either. Yeah. We're but, just talking about the middleweight division. At the middleweight division, I'm I got Gennady, I got uh I got Gennady, I got Canelo, and I got Danny. That's who I got in the middleweight division. And I this is and I got sorry. actually and I got Charlo. Yeah. As well, right there, hovering as well, right at the bottom of that list. But I like Danny and I like Danny's work a lot. I just I don't you know, and I know because I know how you talk about him, it sounds like you discount Canelo more than I think I think it comes off like you discount Canelo more than you're actually trying to discount Canelo yeah and so. it's it's hard to criticize a guy who has one loss even if I feel like he should have three losses those, those, those losses I mean I you can put him on the record whatever but he has not I don't think he beat Laura yeah. I don't think he beat Arislandi yes. Laura and I don't think he beat Gennady Golovkin either so, one of those fights so but that's what I'm saying that's that's three plus the plus the right the loss to Floyd which he got a, a, a split decision that he <laughs> he got one card out of that, which is just maybe more absurd even than the card that he got that put him over the top with uh, the first fight with Triple G to get the draw. Right. Which is craziness. So, you know, because he got shut out in that fight against Floyd. There's no way you could have a card for Canelo. <laughs> I don't even know if he made contact. <laughs> right. Did he yeah. land 100 punches? I don't think. I, I would be amazed. If he did, they gave him some. Ah, but moving on to the NBA and the NBA playoffs. Oh, my, oh, my. The second round has commenced, and we have a caller who wants to chime in. What up, though? You got it. Next victim, live on the Ozone. How you feeling? Feeling good. What up, Ozone? Been a minute. How y'all doing? Oh, man, you know, just I'm on the oh. grind, man. I'm talking about some fights. We over here doing All this to the bueno. Thing. Cool, that's awesome. Happy May. Happy May. Well, you sound like you're in your Barry, Barry White oh, mode. Is, you sound like you're trying to seduce the Ozone. I'm in. good What mode I'm in? Damn. Love you. <laughs> you're in the zone. Well, now you're in the zone mode. <laughs> and what we want to talk about is the NBA second round. And now to me, yeah, we're talking about bad officiating in boxing and so on and so forth. And now I found something to be very interesting. I wanted to get both of your takes on. They came out with something that I really like called the last two-minute report in the NBA, and I wasn't even familiar with this. But the last two-minute report is in, I guess, basically, they the, the officials review all the games. But in the last two minutes especially, they put out a report on any games that are close. And in that, they came out and said, we blew three calls in this Golden State Rocket game. 
One of them was uh, one we did not blow was James Harden kicking his legs out. That was not should not have been a foul. One we did blow was Clay Thompson drug his foot, and that should have been a travel. Another we blew was Steph Curry actually fouled someone, and that should have been a three point foul. And another one that we blew was Steph Curry fouled somebody else. So besides highlighting the idea that Steph Curry seems to be a defensive liability in a lot of ways, I just thought it was very interesting for them to speak on the idea of making fault. And it seems like they're trying to bring the integrity. It's not like they said, okay, we messed these up, so now this changes the result of the game. They're saying, in review, we messed these up in the flow of the game, and we admit that. But the Rockets research team says that it claims that the, the, the major officiating will cost them the, the title. Well, they're saying it cost them the title last year. They're saying it right now. Yep. Yeah, but obviously if it continues that way, that's what they're yeah. saying is it cost them. The, it, it, I know, it, I know, but I'm saying that it's bogus. Those are excuses. The same thing that been, that's going on in society everywhere. Every, nobody wants to take responsibility. <laughs> Why doesn't James Harden focus on making the shot and quit trying to get a foul? And which he gets more foul calls than everybody in the league and make his jumper instead of sitting around crying to the refs. Everybody gets bad calls in every single game. But this is what the league created when the Splash Brothers came in, into the league and just started shooting everything from long ball. And then, you know, because James, James Harden, he wasn't doing this when he was in OKC. It was to the rack. So then, you know, with, with Golden State getting the Splash Brothers and putting them shots up, you know, 35, 40-footers, you know, now it's, it's oh, these are fouls. They flare in their legs. They, they flare in their arms every time a shot goes up. And it's like, it's just bad basketball. And I wish that it would go back to Channel 4, the NBC playoff days where... <laughs> where the game. Heat played the Knicks every Sunday. <laughs> where they played every Sunday. And somebody got hurt. Yeah. Because, you know, this 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 basketball now, it irritates me. And it's hard to watch. Yeah. Well, they it's did let them... But they did let them play in the Boston and, and the Milwaukee game more so than they've let them play in any other series. This first game okay. of the playoffs. Which, yeah, but see, but both of those teams play a more traditional fundamental yes. style of yeah. basketball. Right. So this is what right. Victim is saying, and I actually mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that, and he's absolutely right. What has happened is the game has stretched away from the basket itself is is that now the, the game is actually in the hands of the officials more, which yeah. is craziness. And just like I was saying before, I like Boston to come out of the East. Because I said the same thing. Oh, did you? I said it. I said it a <laughs> so couple that, weeks ago. So that means that both of you guys are wrong. Okay, <laughs> that, but that I, means, I said it. Six, I said it a couple six, weeks ago six, at the at the start of the playoffs. <laughs> and and I like the idea that Boston can beat a team and hold you to eighty points, like that Eastern Conference game between the the Knicks and the Heat. <laughs> I'm saying the seventy six are looking I believe, like. I believe Boston. I believe Boston can play either way. They, they can, can run the you up and down the court, game. or they can play a tight game. Yes. And they always play defense, be, and they always have a game plan because they have the best coach that's still in the playoffs. And and what's going to be beneficial to them is once they make it out this next round, Marcus Smart is going to be there, so they're going to have even more defense. Yes, and that's the key. They need to get out of this round and get Marcus Smart back. He's a, he's a critical component. Well, is Baines going to play? Because it looked like Baines got hurt. Baines! <laughs> Baines got hurt. What? Oh, he didn't get hurt. I thought I was doing fine. <laughs> Baines got hurt. I saw him get hurt, but I saw I thought he I thought he was cool. I thought they just took him out back. because the game was lopsided. No, he, he got hurt early. I didn't see him come back. Did he come back? No, he didn't come back. It's mm, big. Because that means that Al would have to move to the Al would have to move back to the five. 
Al Horford is putting on a clinic out he there. Is. Pick this, and, this the playoffs. pick and pop is real, ain't it? The defense is real. Yes. Yeah. The defense is real. It I mean, is. It's chest-to-chest defense. That's the way the game's supposed to be played. And that's why they don't call the fouls. It's one of those weird things where you can't necessarily pinpoint it, but when you see it, you know it's right. Because the referees can't pinpoint why it is that they make all these terrible calls in all these games with all the jump shooting teams. But then when they see the game played the right way, it's like, ooh, <laughs> just sick. <laughs> Up and under. <laughs> Even for the officials, though, the, the officials have to make a humongous change because these cats got 20-plus years of officiating. So you know they've been watching Diesel and every Lajuan and everybody else in the paint. Now they have to officiate the smaller guys shooting threes like big men. Well, they said Baines is questionable. But he, but Brad Stevens expects him to play. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just the the league is watered down to me. Uh, when I listen to watch a guy like James Harden, because I don't appreciate his game like most people do, I don't really appreciate it because I feel like most of this jump shooting and everything else and complaining about the refs nonstop. Back in the day, James Harden wouldn't put up half the points that he puts up now because probably somebody would hurt him. Being honest, yes. Right, you're not just gonna go to the, you know, you're not just gonna go to the rack endlessly. Yeah, you're just gonna go get, and get the cup and anytime get, and you get, want go to go to the cup anytime you want to get fouls <laughs> and then talk crazy. A fillet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, hey, you gonna you you gonna be getting up off the ground? Right yeah, at the minimum. Right yeah. at the minimum, if not getting stretched out. They should back in the day. They should have to get up off the court stats. How many times you gonna get knocked down and get it back up? Right. Yeah. Because these dudes is. is the flop game is nasty. Oh, the flop I, game I is terrible. I, that one Jokic did last night I saw was terrible. He ran into somebody's shoulder and f- kicked, kicked his head back like he had a stroke or something. <laughs> a seven-footer. Seven-footer. Big, a big seven-footer. A thick seven-footer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's too far now, but the, the league needs to do something. And they they should – the refs, I hope they stick to their guns and not give in to D'Antoni because what he wants to do is to make the league conform to his style of play. And this is how everybody's – in the past have done it. They complain and they, they try to hold people at social ransom so that you will change the game. And then once you change the game, it's for the worse, not the better. Because it, this is one person and just one team that's trying to change the rules to benefit them, not thinking about the NBA or the future of the league. It's not right. Well, I'll tell you this. James Harden was complaining so much. And it's like this is something that he created. With that being said, it's him and Chris Paul. Chris Paul is going to get hurt sometime during the se- uh, this series. Like, but but you going to do it? Deal with, no, I'm not, I'm not that type of, type of guy. <laughs> but you have to deal with you have to deal with Kevin Durant flopping. You have to deal with Steph Curry flopping. You have to deal with, you know, just the, the, the life scam brothers flopping all on the court. All this just nonstop. Like, and then talking crazy, nonstop. I went to the Clippers game where they got, uh, they got, they got sent home. And I, for one, I have to say, the Clippers made me want to renew my season tickets because the Clippers played hard, man. Had a lot of respect the for the Clippers. Real. Clippers the are real. Clippers are real. They just need a new coach. They didn't. I don't even think they need a new coach. I think they no. just need with this squad that they got. They need, one, they need one more piece. That's it. They need a Kawhi. I hope the one guy they get is yep. not Kevin Durant. To be honest, uh, but new coach. They need. Yeah, you just hate Doc Rivers. I don't hate Doc. I just hate his style of coaching. This style of coaching is not working anymore. Come on, his man. Style of coaching work. I, this, this, this team, the team that this he team, had this season. I was about to say this team was not supposed to get where they got. But and low key they tricked late in then, the season. But, they would have had the four seed. Yeah, but then Jerry West did, did, gave you the Jerry West. Got you some crazy nice pieces, undercover nice pieces. Which is when and he still had to coach him. He didn't have to coach him, dudes. You, you know, oh, the, come on, the Clippers and Jerry West. So now why, why does Steve Kerr have to coach and he doesn't? 
Oh, he doesn't have to. Come on. Come on, come on! You're oh trying to God. you're trying so, to compare so the, Clippers the Clippers roster to the to the roster that Steve Kerr's had for the past five years. It's not Steve Kerr's fault. He's a good coach. He's a good coach. It's not Doc He's Rivers' got great fault. Great players. It's not Doc Rivers' fault. It's Doc Rivers had nothing to do with Blake uh, Griffin's well, you know, quad coming off every playoffs. He had nothing to do with Chris Ham, with Chris Paul's hammy popping every playoffs. Maybe what? Maybe he did. We don't <laughs> no, know that. We weren't not. there. Uh, well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Steve Kerr. Steve so Kerr. Nasty. The Golden State Warriors didn't win until so Steve Kerr got there. Yeah, which is also when the Fab Five showed up. It, it wasn't. They had it when Mark Jackson was there. Mark Jackson no, couldn't get him over the hump. Yeah, no, they, they did. did. They got rid of Monte Ellis, which had nothing to do with and Steve Kerr. And they got Kerr. rid of um, your man, Harrison Barnes. No. They, Harrison Barnes was the reason that they became all world. He was one of the, uh, the big key yeah. reasons in the first season. No, Steve Terry. Kerr. Steve Kerr took them over the hump. What no, he did they not. They were, it was what a the young hell team. You talking about? Yeah, they were a young they team. They were a young team. Now, that's actually when I liked the Warriors, and I know I know it well because I went to a couple of their games back when you could get tickets to the Warriors games for like lunch money, fifteen dollars. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's and actually Monte Ellis was my favorite player on the team. Monte could light and, it up, and then they got rid of Monte. He got old overnight. You because know what they happened? Had got Baron, they, they, they put all their trust in the Baron Davis, and Baron Davis' knees and everything else was all that, bad that, at that, that time. did. Baron Davis, he did. He got old overnight. Monte didn't get old because he kept balling around the league. No, he didn't. Monte had that, went and had that motorcycle accident yeah. that you didn't need. Right. Who, that went the yeah. wrong way. It went the wrong way. <laughs> and then they got him out of there, and, it be, and that's when they invested fully into the Steph Curry style of play. Which right. Steve Kerr brought on because Steve Kerr is a jump shooter. Mark Mark Jackson was a was a point guard that liked to actually play in the post and pass the ball around. They don't do, they do a lot of passing, but they're a shoot first team. Well, I think. Oh man, come on, come they're not a shoot the first team. Had, come on, they had Al Harrington who was balling out during that time. They made it to the playoffs. It was decent. Don't make me go to the stats. Too strong, and they were young. Don't make at me that do time. it. Oh, come whatever. on, but but back to the yeah, Clippers. Put a butt. The Clippers was playing money ball. They they were like the Oakland A's of of the NBA. Clippers ain't right going now. nowhere until they get rid of Doc Rivers. I don't agree with that because <laughs> they because nasty. what I saw what first round nasty. again first round again the first round with a team that's not even supposed to make the playoffs obviously Lou Williams is the the sixth man of all time why should he <laughs> six of all time and you got one sixth man of all time and a bunch of other cats that are very that are all role players right. there is not one dude that's the guy and Lou Williams by the way is like your height yeah he lit it up AI is his mentor yeah and that's not enough to win the championship. So, by the way, it's not <laughs> enough in the, the bench. It's not enough. It's not enough. When when teams got two and three stars, come yeah. on, man. Or more. For, for, or in the Golden State case, they got five. Is. They got literal five Hall of Famers starting for, for half of the season. Mm-hmm. This dude want to put on Steve Curry. He's nasty. He just trying to get people riled up. And you know, so, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you can call in and I've argue. I've been that about Icon forever. He nasty. <laughs> you can call in and 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 tussle with my brother if you feel like it with his uh, absurd conversation at three at four two four two five four nine six six three. That's four two four two five four zone. They won't want it if you don't let me get the number out so that they can't call. Oh, give it to him one more game. Yeah. The four two four two five four. Nine six six three, and come with facts, not conjecture. Well, Anyways, who do you got, victim? Who do you got in this series with Toronto and Philly? The Clippers. Okay. <laughs> see, see. Icons. Here we go. Here, Here we, we go. go. You know, yeah, I like I like Philly. I, I like what if Joel and B can get his mind completely right. 
And his guts. Apparently his guts was messed up. Yeah, and you can't ask me for I can't give you 10 and 10 with the bad guts, let alone 25 and 15. I can't give you nothing but a trip to the bathroom. The the adrenaline that gets you where you be like, you know what? I'm tired of these guts. I need to go out and get 15 and 10. I need 15 and 10. I think they got the pieces. I think um, with, with, with Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, if he can continue to play the way that he did, they all right, man. They... I think they're well they're well well balanced. I think JJ Reddick needs to stop selling for the three so much and just try to get to the rack. That's um, not his game. But it doesn't matter. Change your game up. You're a professional. You know how to score. They didn't you know bring him there to go to the rack for threes. They brought him out there to be a sniper. Oh man, I hate this dude. Girl. <laughs> to me, it's the coach. Brett Brown is a terrible coach, and I don't think you can win with all that talent that they got. And on paper, honestly. You can say that their roster rivals the Warriors on paper. And just like they messed up Markel Fultz's shot, and just like they messed everything <laughs> up last year, I don't believe – because the, their stars are so young other than Jimmy Butler. When you're talking about Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, that kind of youth needs coaching. It needs guidance. And it doesn't – I haven't seen Brett Brown be able to bring that out. Well, I think that you got a ring general – I mean, a floor general in Jimmy Butler, and I think that he can take them to the next level because he's not that far off of being one of the if, the best player in the league. He's really in the no, top he's five. Not. I agree with so that. So I think that if you let him go out there and give you the Jimmy Butler, not the James Butler, but the Jimmy Butler, <laughs> you got a nightmare coming because Jimmy Butler is better, just as good as anybody that's playing in the playoffs. Huh. Right. I agree with that. That's he lit him up I last night. I agree with you in life. Like, <laughs> but him and Jimmy Butler and also Tobias Harris, if them yep. two can just really show up and play, that's a deadly combination. Sure is. I mean, they have all. It's uh, not. It's not about their personnel. That for me, yeah, it's, it's completely about the coaching because well, I think Ben Simmons is going to be something so special. I think he's the best thing is he's playing in the shadow of Embiid and Butler and blah blah blah. So I think, hide a little bit. Yeah, I think come we talk have this conversation ten fifteen years we're gonna be like man this kid Ben Simmons is talking about goat status. This kid, if he develops a jump shot with the skill set that he has, he's a real problem because he can play defense. He can do it all if he would guess, you know, but he's only 21 years old or whatever. So once he give him a little time. Yeah, he's in the shadow of Giannis, though. That's going to be another problem for him as well. I don't think it's a problem. That's the thing. Giannis, a couple of years he get a shot too, though. Yeah, but this is my point. I think that that's actually good for him. I don't think you always need to be, especially him being uh, Australian, I don't think you need to be the star. I think that applies a pressure that you don't necessarily need while you're getting your game together. Huh? Because they're trying to pass the torch to Giannis, rightfully so. But yeah, he's now. You know, do you think Milwaukee comes back and beats the Celtics this series? They can. I don't know if they will. I mean, it's up to. It's not up to. It's not up to Giannis. It's a yes or no. Yes, it's just unbelievable. He just gave us the Republican answer. Yeah, but this right. is this is up to the other players who are surrounded him because he actually showed you because everybody's talking about him getting a jump shot. But what Giannis did last time was that he didn't score at the rack. He Come scored on, from outside. Yeah. He hit the jumper. He hit three threes, and he hit from outside. There you go. Big up. Is it the truth? Um, uh, after the series, Icons is going to come back and say, if Milwaukee wins, this is what I was trying to tell you guys. See, Milwaukee was on me. <laughs> nah, you can go back. You can go back to the tape on me. Hundred percent. But he cannot. So why are they going to come back and win? Or not, not answer the question. 
Yeah, they'll come back and win. I'm giving it up. There now you go. what? Okay. Well, you're on record. Hey, Charles Barkley. <laughs> you guaranteeing it, Charles Barkley? No, I don't guarantee nothing because I'm not playing. I only guarantee, I only guarantee myself. I show myself approved. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you don't have me guarantee nobody else. <laughs> only thing I can guarantee is that you don't got your stats together. <laughs> Well, I don't keep stats from nobody else. That play, I keep my wins and lost that. <laughs> oh, man. So I got Boston. Um, Kyle Lowry is still Kyle Boston. Lowry in the playoffs, unfortunately. So I actually, I don't know. I feel like his mind just isn't in shape. I don't even. <laughs> his physical thing. These are fish it oils. Just, it just looks so much worse that he's not in shape. Right. That that he doesn't get it done. Right. You know that's that's mm-hmm. what that's that's like when Melo wasn't in shape. Right. And couldn't win. It's like then there's always something for critics to point at and You're say, like, oh, come on, oh, man, he should have been in shape and he yeah. could have blah blah blah. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I think that Kawhi Leonard is the best player in basketball that people don't think is the best player in basketball. Yeah. So I actually I'm going with Toronto and I like a one I think between him and Ooh. if they can put it together with Marcus Saul. I have no no faith in Brett Brown. And if it's not this round, he'll trick off the next round. He'll find a way to trick off the, the last year he tricked it off. They were really good last year too. Yeah, but they didn't have Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris. I think they had Jimmy Butler. No, they last did year. not. They just got Jimmy Butler midway through this season because no. Jimmy Butler was trying to get out the, out, out of No. Yeah. That's not true. Jimmy Butler hasn't been with them. Out of Minnesota. No, he was out. He was, was he Chicago or Minnesota? He was in, Minnesota. He was, he was in Minnesota. 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 He was yeah. in Chicago, went to Minnesota, yeah. then bounced from Minnesota. I and thought that was last 2018. No, 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 2018. no, no, no. Wow. I didn't look that yeah, up. Crazy. Cause he, because Jimmy Butler or Tobias wasn't there. So this is what I'm I know saying. Tobias just came over. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jimmy Butler wasn't that far ahead wow. of me. Yeah, so I like, I like, I actually like Toronto. I like Boston. On the other side, I like, uh, I actually, I felt like, and watching this Golden State and um, Rockets game one, if they would have kept the game going through Nene, I don't see any way that, that, uh, Man. I, don't, I don't see any way that Golden State beats Man. them if they actually run the game through Nene and Capella. Well, the only, what, the only thing that they could Big do is bring in Andrew Bogut, which, which is a liability. Yeah, which is, I mean, so it would be interesting to see because they're not, their jumpers are not falling like they have in the past. No, because the, the, because the Clippers wore them out. The Clippers guards and the entire team wore the, the Warriors out. Dang, they wore out like that. They made they made they made Steph and, and Clay have to guard the entire game. And Clay and Clay has the conditioning to do that. Steph, right. I think, doesn't have the the body composition to do to play both sides of the ball for yeah. forty minutes. And somebody to guard him from at least half court and, and put some some pressure on him. Right, so, and he's no. still gonna you know he's still gonna do his numbers. Now I'm not trying to discount Steph Curry by any means, but the only thing that's going to hurt them, which is more important than anything, is that who is going to stop Draymond Green? Draymond Green gets a triple double, and you're no. going to lose. No, no, no. Draymond's going to get a triple double because he got cats. He got three lose. or four cats on his team that can shoot. So if no, Draymond didn't want no part of Montrez. Didn't want Bogan no didn't want no part of Montrez. And he didn't want no part of Nene. This is what I'm trying to he say. Want, Obviously, he wanted a part you, of somebody. He got a triple double. And Nene, no, I'm talking about on defense. Oh. That's, this is what we He didn't want no parts in them. If you, he, this is the whole thing. Like that. That's the whole point. If Instead of trying to out-warrior the Warriors, 
if you actually play a different type of game and not try to match them three for three, the Warriors are so sloppy with the basketball, it's comical. Yes, they are. And I watched them. I think they had 11 turnovers in the first quarter, and Houston still didn't. And Houston, every time they got a turnover, wanted to jack up a three, which was cold at the beginning of the game. <laughs> it finally warms up later into the game. But this is why it's even hard to watch. If I want to see a bunch of broke jumpers, I could go to Stevenson Park. <laughs> I'm supposed to be watching don't NBA games. Why are you fool. upset with the Warriors? Don't diss the neighborhood, fool. That's <laughs> Stevenson Park. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mean people from Stevenson. I'm just talking about I'm just talking about other people who might have came in for that Sunday. Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he got traded on November 18th, yeah. 2018. Yeah. So basically, at the beginning of this season. But yeah, but but honestly, if you, I, I don't understand. They're so sloppy with the Q passes, especially Steph Curry. Why are you hating? I'm telling Mama. <laughs> this is fine. She loves him. She's so mad at James Harden. She don't know what to do with herself. I would hate to watch a game with my Oh, she, man, she feels it. She's feeling it. You can't tell her nothing about the Warriors. Team light skin, just like her. <laughs> Ain't got nothing to do with that. She just love her some good ball. That's not good basketball. <laughs> care what anybody says. Anyways. Uh, now I'm going to say the Warriors win because I don't think that I don't think that the Rockets are willing to run the game through their big guys, which is where that's they have their, a, a clear advantage. Is through their, their big guys, not their style of play. They I just want to shoot threes. But at the beginning of the game, when their threes weren't falling, they were running the game through Nene, and there was no answer. And I don't think Nene can play a whole game anymore. I don't think he needs to play a whole game. Right. I think he just needs to establish right. his dominance for a little bit. He doesn't have to play a whole game. I think yeah, I think that's that's my take on that. Who you got in that series, victim? I'm gonna go with the Republican icons answer, and I'm just gonna let this series just play out, and whoever wins deserves to win. That's but we, I, we didn't bring you on here for that. What a week! And <laughs> nobody brought you on the ozone to, to, to toe the line, toe the line, yeah, <laughs> I, toe I, the line. <laughs> The teams that get that game just that pick a team. So difficult to watch. Okay, so I'm pick a team go. and live with it. Yeah, I mean the trouble went all the way up. I'm going Rockets. <laughs> okay, go Rockets then. Who you go with? I'm of course, Rockets. if you're going Rockets, I'm going Gold State. <laughs> okay. He's always wrong. Nah. So we got two gold, two Gold State to one Rocket. Last night, the Denver uh, Portland series was popping, and you know what? Dame Lillard almost was able to bring them back. It was very interesting. I actually watched the whole game, and the Nuggets didn't look great. No. And, but they were way up, and they got to tighten the game with about four minutes left. They were down by, I think, four or five or something like that, and they couldn't, they couldn't close the gap. That's a series that I think is going to be interesting, and I'm actually going with the Nuggets. I actually feel like they need to get more out of their big men. If they get more out of, meaning Portland, if Portland yes. gets more out of their big men, they'll win that. I feel like the winner of that series is going to go to the finals. Do you think that the Rockets and the, the Warriors are going to beat each other up so much? Yeah, that, and I just feel like Denver and, and Portland, Portland are, are the Portland, better teams. Portland plays the Warriors super tight. Yes. So who do you have, Icon? You haven't said anyone. What are you talking about? I told you. Who do you have? No, you. That's For, not. That's not. That's that's the Republican. It's not. If they get more out of their big men, then they will win. That's not. <laughs> well, no, you didn't ask me. You didn't ask me about that. I told you. No, I told. I, I asked victim, and that's okay. why victims just ask you who. No, you No, but got. why? Why is he trying to give? Because it, then you said. Because deflect? then. Because then you just said that's who I. That's that's that's, that's my take. That's, that's who I got. You guys can't jump me. Then nobody tried to jump. He just want to get a straight answer from you. You didn't ask me the question. You ask him the question. Answer yes, the question, then, victim. So who do you have? 
I didn't ask no. anybody about them yet. <laughs> so why, why is it going to me? I gave my take that Denver was going to win. That was it. So who well, who do y'all have? I have Portland. Okay. Now what? Where you at next, Victor? You know, since he going with Portland, I'm going with Denver. You both of y'all with Denver. little kids. I do, like, I do like Portland, though, but I, I really think that they don't have enough. And I love I love Portland. Yeah, I think the, the big man took them. They have Ennis yeah. His, and he's That's busted. not enough. His arm is busted. That's not enough. Shoulder. He got that shoulder. shoulder. Myers Leonard. You can't bang with nothing. Not enough. Yeah. I yeah. feel like their team is well rounded and they have enough bench players to come and beat them. But if they can steal the game in Denver, then that'll be the difference. They only got one bench player. Two. They got two. They got the, the other little Curry brother and then they got uh what's his name from Ohio State. I don't have enough, but Denver has a deep bench. Yeah. Well, that's where we are, victim. Last question for you before you sign off. Who do you got this weekend, Danny Jacobs or Canelo Alvarez? Oh, I'm going with Mr. Danny Jacobs. Ooh, Brownsville. I'm going with him. I believe in him. I've uh, rolled with Mr. Jacobs. Um, I think if he can just out, he, I, I believe he will outbox. I believe he's placing his position right now to show how great he is. He's had a great fight coming into this fight, but I think it's his time. I uh, really, really do. And, um, Canelo been fighting some some weaker opponents. Danny Jacobs been fighting some some you know equal to point opponents to him. So I think Danny Jacobs goes into the ring and um, wins the decision. I'm gonna say one fifteen, one twelve. Wow, you've been calling it. Wow. Okay. You think they'll give him a, a fair shake? That's my my fear. Think, my fear is just them not giving him a fair shake. Yeah, you know it's not Golden Boy no more. So you know you it is. About? What are you talking about? It is Golden Boy. Is it? Oh yeah, that's his. That's his. What's his name? Oh no, no, that's through Golden Boy. He signed with the Zone for distribution. Golden Boy Oscar De La Hoya was just on the, the the private jet on Instagram saying how this morning's grand arrivals he was going to be there. Yeah, and Danny said he knows he is confident that they're going to raise his hand as the new and the best middleweight in the Ooh. world come Saturday night because he knows that when he was paralyzed and fighting cancer. That and he couldn't walk. He knows that God put him in this position to show his his power and his grace. Just like ooh, he give I'm me some of that real that. deal. He preaching yeah. out there. S O G. S O G. Yeah, buddy. Mister Jacobs, I'm all in. What time we leaving? Exactly for real. All right, victim. Thanks for making time. We'll wrap with you sooner than later. All right, Ozone. I'm out. Peace. Peace. That was a good time with our old buddy Next <laughs> Victim. You can catch him on Twitter at Next Victim. N E N X T V C T M. I'm lying. I'm getting news right now from Ernie, our sound engineer, <laughs> that that is not his handle anymore. What is his handle? Oh, he's not here. We keep calling him that. He changed his handle. Sure is. At do it for the tipper. I lied. Do it for the tipper. Do it the number four t h a t i p p e r. He needs a bitly for his handle because <laughs> it's too long. All right, folks. Now talk to you about the world of Major League Baseball. Well, you got something you want to lay on us? Lay on us, brother. Lay it down. <laughs> well, no, no. Just uh, to throw up, but the Popovich signed a new three year deal with the Spurs. Oh, Pop is staying in. Yeah, nice. Nice. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Moving to baseball, we still have some unsigned people, and the Atlanta Braves are having a hard time closing out games. 
and the fans want Craig Kimbrell back, and they're making it very clear. Did you see this? Uh-huh. The, the fans were chanting Kimbrell's uh-huh. name. During the game. During the ninth inning of games that were not able to be closed out. Wow. And, Boston, and it makes no sense for them to not sign him. Boston needs him. There's a few teams out there that need him. But you know what? Baseball's playing hardball literally right now. And because he, of that CBA. Because of that CBA. And uh, there's a lot of guys out there that can't get gigs that are worthy. Like Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. And I've, I felt like that Kimbrell was asking a little bit too much. As far as not money wise, but length time, of, uh, term wise, length of contract. But if he's going to trim it down to three years, then that's a, that's that's very reasonable. That's doable. Doable. Greg Kimbrell is good for three years yeah. at forty saves. Yeah, he'll still give you forty saves coming in in May. Yeah, especially on a winning team. Yeah, no doubt about it. But you just have to put him in the right situation. But lowballing him and not giving him his value does nothing for baseball. I just don't understand. Somehow it's like he rubs somebody the wrong way because people aren't even biting now. That's the no, wild I just, part. I just think it's collusion. Really? You know, just another to bring form, his number now. Uh-huh. Just another form of collusion, just like they're doing Dallas Keuchel. Because Dallas Keuchel has proven that he's a winner over the past, what, and three or four years? And a big game pitcher, and really. a big game pitcher. And they, For the most part. Yeah, and, and they're saying that they're not, Yankee Stadium. they're not going to give him anything. They're not going to give him anything. They're literally not offering him a contract. Not he's not just like us right now. Yeah, he's an unemployed baseball player. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that's crazy. And he's a world champion. Wow. Wow, that's rough. Uh, and a lot of guys getting hurt now. Young guys. Young guys getting hurt right now. We got uh, Tatis, Jr. Tatis Jr. decided to go full uh, Atsana Bayul. <laughs> and stretch his out. <laughs> he full you need about 20 minutes worth of stretching. Stretch no, like just, just to stretch it like that. Jeez Louise. He went, he, and this is what happens in the game, though. You can't control yourself. You know, he can't control it. Not when you're a young, young stud. You're running around there. You want to make plays. You're not there yeah. to try to think about getting injured or anything. Just for one out. Yeah, just for one out. He did it. He went all in. Now he's on the IL. Right. For at least 10 days, it's probably going to be about two and a half weeks. You know, you got to pull hammy now. Now you got to rehab it. Then you got to get your timing back. Yeah. And he was banging the baseball. Yeah. Josh Donaldson out. Eloy Jimenez is out. What's wrong with Josh Donaldson? Josh Donaldson got that calf. Ooh. That's yeah. ruined some careers. It sure has. Ask Jermaine Dye. Yeah. Eloy is out of his walking boot now, they said, and he's throwing the ball around, so he's going to start baseball activities. They said they're going to work on him and his defense. That's supposed to have been the thing that's been holding him back from getting into the show in the first place. Mm. I don't agree, but, you know, his defense isn't great, but it's definitely not the worst in the league. And Chicago really can't complain about anything. Right. And now we're looking at that. At the uh, Major League Baseball put out a really nice list of 10 struggling aces and who should we panic about. Mm. And uh, at the top of the list to not worry about is Max Scherzer. And Max is punching dudes out. I mean, this guy, this is ridiculous. This guy has, I think, 54 Ks already, something like that. The guy's on pace for another 300 strikeout season. He just got to put it all together. Garrett Cole, he's turning it around. These guys have high ERAs. My, uh, Carlos Carrasco. But the one that I'd like to, to worry about is Noah Syndergaard. Noah yeah. Syndergaard and Jake DeGrom, because I feel like Jake DeGrom is hurt. Because as I've stated, I think he's the best. he has been the best pitcher in baseball the last year and a half. And... He's been getting banged since I said that. <laughs> and it's because he's got a problem in his elbow, even though they try to act like if you have elbow soreness, it always trips me out what guys in the show are willing, what what the trainers are willing to stretch for and say, okay, we're going to take take it slow an extra time. And then what they're not. 
Why are you rushing a guy with a bum elbow back fast? This is what I said last week. You need to let him sit out. Let him sit out a month. Let it heal. Let you do PRP yeah. on it or whatever it is that you need to do to heal because he's not the now. He's the future. You Jake know what I'm saying? can be the future. You're thinking on a micro level, you know, when we don't need that right now. You need for this dude to be around for at least five, six, seven, maybe ten more years. But if you go ahead and try to do it right now, he came back, what, give up five earnings in three innings or something like that? Something you never see. Yeah. He won't even get that up in, the, in like you said earlier, in three in games. In five games. Yeah. You'll be lucky to get five. You'll, in, honestly, in four games, you'll probably get five runs off of him, the normal Jake. And, but when it comes to Thor, there's nothing wrong with him except for his mentality. Yeah. He, he won't give in to pitching. You can have the velo, but those guys can turn bullets around up there. It's yep. just amazing what your body can do because once you train your body to see something or to do an action, you can actually perform that action. And hitting, although he throws 99, 100 miles an hour, if it's straight, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so they're and laying off the slider, throw the slider for yeah, a strike, laying off the slider that he can't throw for a strike, sitting on his cheese and banging the ball. He's giving up the long ball. He's giving up big time hits. He's walking batters, everything that you don't need to win games. Yep. And then you got the the number one is Chris Sale, and I actually am worried about Chris Sale. Oh, he he's. He doesn't look good at all. Well, he's somewhat like Clayton Kershaw right now, except that Clayton Kershaw has adapted and he hasn't adapted. And his velocity disappeared overnight, though. You saw really. Kershaw's, he dropped a little bit last year. His drop. He as was well. still bringing ninety seven, ninety eight last year. I, at, not at the end of the year. He was still blowing gas in the World Series. I don't remember him blowing gas. Ninety six, ninety seven. But, but we're talking about ninety. At this yeah, he's point. throwing ninety we're, we're right not, now. Usually, you go ninety seven, ninety eight to ninety four. You know, we're talking about going from ninety six, ninety seven to eighty nine, ninety, and sitting at ninety two. That's a that's a problem. And they got Corey Kluber in this bunch as well. But Corey Kluber is committed to pitching. Yeah, but Corey. He just doesn't have the same stuff, which yeah, he is why have the same stuff. he and, and, and you feel like, honestly, this is still good baseball because this is why he signed to that deal that was somewhat uh, club friendly, if you will. You know, remember he signed that deal for $35 million or whatever it mm-hmm. was uh, while he was already in his 30s. Mm-hmm. So, and he gave them two great years. You can't be mad at him. I'm not mad at Corey. Freaking club. <laughs> at all. Who else you got on the list? As far as baseball goes? No, you, there's 10 pitchers on that list. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, I, I gave him pretty much all the. I, I skipped over. Uh, we Walker went over Bueller. Max. Uh, no, Walker Bueller wasn't even on the list. Yeah, I think he's on the list. No. Are you sure? I, no, it's Scherzer, Cole, Carrasco, Syndergaard, DeGrom, uh, Chris Sale, Corey Kluber, Kyle Hendricks, mm-hmm. and that's Kyle Hendricks is the one, and Aaron Nola. Oh no, Aaron Nola, you Darvish, and Milos uh, Miles Mikolas. I actually like what you Darvish. You Darvish seems like he's. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with him except for him playing with the ball. You Darvish, yeah. I don't know if he'll ever recover from what they've done to him. That's what I mean. But I don't think it's a physical thing that's wrong with him. I think I, it's physical now because they've made it. And, and what we when we spoke he pitched to, a good game the other day. Yeah, but when we spoke to people actually in MLB, they've said that he also likes to to change his yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you need to let him change his own stuff. Yeah, but see, he touched ninety eight point seven today. But it's not the about the, yeah. But it's not about the velo. No, I understand that. But he looked good in his last. I was playing against him in the fantasy team. He, he, <laughs> he, he, he you took the max. Yeah, he looked good. He dealt, and uh, he, he uh, no, he dealt last week. But his the numbers are so ridiculous. That he, you know, his is a command thing. Kind of like Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray looked terrible. Right. And I have Robbie Ray on my squad. He Robbie looked terrible. Robbie Ray's always been wild, but, though. But that's the whole problem. 
and now he's getting he's going from six walks to start to five to four. If Robbie Ray can walk less people, he can be effective. But Robbie Ray is one of these guys also that most of these guys that are on this list depend on velo instead of d- trying to throw off your timing. You know, it's big to throw off the timing more so than it is to throw hard. It's the biggest thing. And this is what's weird about Aaron Nola. Yeah, and Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks is yeah. is in a the bad situation. The defense let Kyle Hendricks down, though. And I watched a couple of those games when the Cubs were playing really, really sloppy baseball in the first couple of weeks of the season. And they let him down on plays that, of course, nowadays the official scorer doesn't give the guy an error. They'll give the guy they'll, – they'll give him a hit. So then that'll go on his, you know, ERA. Right. Who's your sleeper team right now? My sleeper cell? Ooh. It, I mean, they're not really sleepers at this point, but it's the St. Louis Cardinals. I said it from the beginning. I've been riding on the Cardinals from since they got Paul Goldschmidt. I love the Cardinals. And Michael Waka is actually looking like himself from time to time. He's somebody who he seems just like came he's back. adjusted. Yeah, he just came he, back. He's, huh? he's understanding the adjustment from throwing 97-98 uh, to doing some pitching. And they got a solid bullpen anchored by your boy Jordan Hicks. So I like I like them. I like how they play the game. The Cardinal way of playing baseball is effective. Who do you got? You know what? I really like the Padres, but you know who surprised me right now are the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah. They're playing well above their head. I don't think they're going to go anywhere, though. They have a pretty crappy schedule, though, because they were playing against Pittsburgh, who is playing above their head, but... Pittsburgh gave you that bad outfield, which was a surprise. <laughs> Not just it wasn't Pittsgrove in general. It's one player that was giving me that bad yeah, outfield. Gregory Valenco, and he, I think he's personally responsible. They're on an eight game losing streak now because before that eight game losing streak, they were like at the head of the right. the division. Yeah, and I don't know what happened to Polanco in outfield. He looked like he was disinterested. Right, he, he just looked. He looked completely like oh whatever. Nonchal- nonchalant, super to nonchalant to the ball. Yeah. As expected, uh, the Angels, with the supposed greatest player of all time in Mike Trout, are in last place. Not a surprise. <laughs> uh, Shohei Otani is coming back soon, though, and that actually could change their fortunes, in my opinion. In about a week and a half, a week, week and a half. I can't wait. Right? He's going to tear the league a new one. He's a monster. I mean, from what I saw, especially he's, he's the best focus on hitting. in the world. Yeah, especially if he's going to focus he's on hitting. He's fast. He can hit the ball. He's got pop. I wouldn't doubt if he's one of the fastest, if not the fastest he player in the league. He looks like it. Yeah. Ooh, fastest. You think he's faster than Brian Buxton? Yeah, I think Trevor Story is close to being faster than Brian Buxton, too. Trevor Story is fast. Yeah. Really fast. The Colorado Rockies are a team that you got to look at. You know, I'm always high on the Rockies. You and the Rockies. They're going to eventually get together, bro. Exactly. And then you can say, I was just 18 years too early. Mm. And you bet on them. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my goodness. What do you got? You got anything else? Because that's all I got. That's it. Action-packed adventure. (sighs) (laughs) You guys don't know what that is, but it's a jam that we like. You may want to check out an episode of Advantage Omar if you'd like to find it. But ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got for you today. I'm going to leave you with a quote. The significance which is in unity is an eternal wonder. And that is a quote from Tagore. Ladies and gentlemen, we're all in this thing together. Sending up a prayer to uh, everybody out of that synagogue in Poway. All of these idiots who decide that they're so confused about their identities that they want to harm other people while they're worshiping, they get no love. See something, say something, folks. I'm your host, Omar Miller. Remember, we're all in this thing together. Take care of one another. This is the Ozone. Ozone.
Um, yeah, man. But back to this Canelo Danny Jacobs fight. How do you got the fight? I honestly feel like I've never seen Canelo down or whatever. But if they, if I don't know their game plan, but if you have the right game plan, I really honestly don't feel it's difficult to beat Canelo because of his. Hey, you taking them all? <laughs> if I have to, <laughs> I mean, it's my. Sometimes you, you never can't tell. You're up next on his deal with the zone. He gets thirty six million. You done? get thirty six stitches. <laughs> At least give me thirty six dollars, one for each stitch. Uh, <laughs> but the thing of it is, is that not Floyd didn't just give you the blueprint, but you have to literally go back to old school boxing where you establish everything off of the jab. One of the things that Gennady did as well was establish it to, with the jab, but he never went to the body. Danny can make him. Danny has a a sizable. Size difference. Size advantage. Advantage. And in that, Canelo has to extend himself to get to Danny. If Danny uses that to his advantage, Canelo will have a long night, even if the refs want to cheat. Because he could literally, if he fought like a fight like a Larry Holmes type of player would do, or Sugar Ray Leonard and a Robertson or any of them, stand out there, pop that jab, close that eye, make sure he can't see it coming, then come over the top, fight. That's fight. And nobody, nobody has been able to overcome a good jab to one piece of your skull, which is your eye, to close it up and then come over the top with that right. I don't know. I mean, he did it with Gennady. He didn't. His eye wasn't closed. I'm talking about literally focusing on cutting his eye, swelling his eye. He's not really a cutter. What is he it? gets hit, and I don't really see him. I don't yeah, see him. Exactly. You know, I don't see. But, him. but I don't see anybody. Literally, when you watch the old time fighters like Larry Holmes and uh, you know even a lot of the the classic fighters, they focused on popping the jab to a specific region of your face, like a right. left eye or a right eye, to the point where you have a close, where you get a mouse, and then you have closure. In that mouse or closure, then you get a cut. Nobody has been able, unless you can do, have good defense for that. Nobody's been able to overcome that. I don't think that he can overcome it. Well, it's going to be interesting because Canelo is willing to get hit he is. because he's a counterpuncher. Mm-hmm. And can Danny take the power of Canelo because he's taking the power of Gennady, but it got him off of his feet. And to me, I think that the weight factor is going to come into play. I think Danny's going to show well. If it goes to the cards, there's Danny's no not gonna win chance a decision. that Danny gets a decision. And Danny knows that. And yet, also, I believe that this is Danny's opportunity. It's his time. I'm very interested to see. I'm looking forward to a good fight. And I have to say, Canelo Alvarez consistently overperforms my expectation. Because I I see him very impressive against bums. Yes. And, And I've seen him not so impressive against good fighters. I would say the biggest thing that was unimpressive, which ended up being spectacular, was his six rounds against Amir Khan. Right. Whereas Amir Khan, if he would have winning the fight, if he would have stuck to the blueprint and not fallen in love with his own hand speed and kept his chin out of the way, uh, he you know he could have outpointed him in theory. But that's in theory. Who knows? Well, uh, heard know, and then what ends up happening is he got knocked out. I'm going with Danny, and uh, you know I'm a homer on this one because I love Danny. And that this is all. That's what I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I don't really have a horse in the race, but I feel like Danny's going to win it. I like Canelo and I like Danny. I like Danny as a person. I like Canelo as a person. Yeah. I like Danny better as a fighter. 